Hello, and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. This is Candace, and I am here with my friend, Hiva. Hello, Hiva. Hi, Candace. So I think it's fair to say that we've been waiting for this one. We have been waiting for Mr. Jonathan Mullaney to return to the place that Loki was the beginning of the end for him. Mm-hmm. And we have so many thoughts that we actually needed to make a pro-con list. And so that's what we're going to do today. But I want to start off with just a general opening question. Hiba. Where do you generally stand on John Mulaney today? Like, for example, let's say he's in front of you at Starbucks, okay? And he's, like, ordering his Frappuccino. He reaches for his wallet. And he's like, oh, damn, I don't have a wallet. My phone doesn't have Apple Pay. He turns around and he says, ah, this is so crazy. But, like, would you be down to spot me? Like, what would you say? Are you asking me if I would buy John Mulaney a coffee? A frappuccino, wow. yes. A frappuccino. Um, okay, first of all, I think he's one of those crazy people that just drinks their coffee black, like no oh, cream, no sugar, okay, anything, okay. no oat milk. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we both have a complicated relationship with John Mulaney. I do have enough of a soft spot for him in my heart that I would buy him whatever frappuccino he had already ordered. But I have, yeah, just like a conflicted relationship with him in general. And I think we're going to explore that. Sure. So you would spot him and then would you like expect him to pay you back? I would expect to never see him again. But actually, I think he's like, (gasps) oh, okay, maybe that's a little too harsh. I feel like he's the type of person where if this happened in real life, he would like make sure that his assistant like somehow paid me back or gave me like tickets to one of his upcoming shows or something like i feel like celebrities just do that and he's not like the type of celebrity that's like totally unhinged like mean to normal people you know would you accept it though would you accept the tickets or would you be like ah it's okay i would accept them and then i would get you to go with me i think (gasps) oh my god okay i'm really (laughs) glad that you met john mulaney at starbucks this is great. I feel like, also, I feel like maybe he's a Duncan guy. Is that controversial? But he lives in LA now, so who knows? He lives in LA now. I mean, the thing, yeah, he lives in LA now, so it's more convenient for him to go to a Starbucks, but maybe you're onto something. Like, I would expect him at the million Starbucks locations in Los Angeles. I would not expect him at the one to three locations of Duncan in Los Angeles. So, yeah. Wow. Anyway, that was a very good answer to your question, Hibba. I probably would do the same. Um, and I'm with you. I think it, I think I want to start off by saying the reason why I personally did not like this episode is because I just don't like John Mulaney anymore. And I know that this is now going to lead into a convo about parasocial relationships. Like a comedian's, mm-hmm. what do they owe to their audience in terms of their persona and their person? And I think yeah. like we both have a lot to say about it. But let's really get into like just the comedy, what we saw on the screen during SNL. Let's start with pros. What are some things you liked about the episode? Yeah, so, okay, I don't know if John Mulaney had anything to do with this, but I thought it was really smart and diplomatic of them to open with the Ukrainian chorus instead of a cold open. You know what's kind of crazy about that? Apparently, Colin Jost is credited with, quote-unquote, writing that cold open. What? Wait, why? 
I know it's weird. I I mean, the thing is, like, there's a chance that maybe he was the one who said, hey, I actually think it'd be cool if we brought in a chorus or he was the one who wrote the lines, ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was smart of them, especially because there is like an SNL cold open from like the early 2000s about the war in Afghanistan. And that sketch has come back to haunt them like time and mm-hmm. time again. So like, I feel like when you're doing political comedy, Obviously, like, you're going to say some things that people disagree with, but you still have to be careful and, like, culturally competent. So I thought the chorus was a good, was a good Mm -hmm. pro. That's good. That's good. Okay. I guess jumping off that, I do want to talk about maybe the monologue because we're kind of in that area. So I'm going to put the monologue on the border of pros and cons because the first thing I would say is that Like, I had a friend who went to one of his NYC shows at the City Winery when he first came out of rehab. And this intervention story has been told so many times. He said Mm -hmm. it on Seth Meyers. He said it on tour. And it was a very short monologue. It was a very tight monologue. But I think there is this question of, like, oh, we kind of know this. Like, we actually know literally everyone who was at your intervention. Like, who was this for? And even though... I think a tight monologue, especially from a stand-up, is, like, a good way to go on SNL. Especially, like, I think it's good to actually go with something personal versus something very, like, heady philosophical. Yeah. It kind of just felt like we were watching some preview for his tour that's coming up. Which, by the way, is, like, so real. Because the minute the monologue ended, I got a commercial for his From Scratch tour at my local like comedy club and on top of that i then got an ad for the animated chip and dale movie that he's gonna be on in may with andy samberg and i was like oh, okay okay i get it you're here to promo like two three five things yeah Great. yeah no i agree with all your points exactly like i feel like if you know anything about john Mulaney and you've watched any interview he's done in the past like year and a half you know all of the stuff that he said so i was literally like sitting watching the monologue being like okay, I already know this, like, what is the new thing that he's trying to communicate? And then that new thing never came. I think what he did was, like, try to wrap the story of the birth of his child into, like, a nice bow Mm -hmm. and, like, make it, like, very, like, wholesome and a little bit less chaotic than what I imagine it to be from, like, the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Something about it felt weird to me because, like, the John Mulaney we know and, like, used to love is is not this like short tight comedy guy like he's not the like tight five like stand-up guy mm-hmm. like he is this like mm-hmm. meandering comedian that does tell you about his like wife now ex-wife like personal life like extended family friends like all these crazy stories like like for him to come on and like have all of this kind of wrapped up in a short monologue it felt like a little bit impersonal to me mm-hmm. um and I know that that's, like, not a fair criticism of, like, him as a human being. Like, he's gone through a lot of stuff and, like, we should have empathy for sure. And at the same time, like, to your point about, like, what what is, like, a comedian's responsibility to their audience, especially when they've, like, become famous for presenting themselves a certain way. Like, are they allowed to, like, reel it back in and be like, actually, I don't want to talk about these things anymore when they made their career on those things. I also forgot to say that I predicted John Mulaney in our host draft, and for me, that was like a total wild card, but um, yeah, it happened, which is 
I think good. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely should have celebrated that. At the top, Hip and Beret, another win for the SNL <laughs> 2022 draft. This is very exciting. I think you are so right, which is that, like, one of my favorite SNL monologues he did was about sirens that sound like dying cats. And that, that was a <laughs> long monologue, but I loved yeah. it because you're right. Like, he is someone who used to be not afraid to take up space even if on paper the story was boring, I almost wonder if the reason he kept it so tight, so boxed in, was maybe because 2021 taught him that he needs to have firmer boundaries with the public. And he needs mm-hmm. to have firmer boundaries okay. with his fans and his and just like his own celebrity. Because the way I feel like calling him a celebrity is already like a venture I'm sure he would not agree with. But there is something about your persona and your person coming closer and closer together that I do think makes people uncomfortable, him uncomfortable. And so this was just like a new version of him, I would argue. And I can't say if this is the more authentic version of him or maybe we've never gotten the authentic version of him. But look, he did say he did use the word girlfriend in this monologue yeah i guess that's good for him yeah uh he did confirm the baby was at the time 12 weeks old which actually went against what people magazine reported so that's interessante mm-hmm. um but you know you know john Mulaney, he loves to go on air and confirm facts that we didn't <laughs> ask for so that's great that's so funny yeah okay so more pros Hibba, what's another pro that you liked of this episode Okay, so in terms of sketches, my favorite sketch was probably the Subway Churro sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these kind of like series of like New York City specific musical sketches that they have. Like they had one about LaGuardia Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the thing that these sketches do really well is like because it's kind of like a mini musical, there's a giant cast of characters. So there are a lot of characters and I feel like the cast members are really able to come into their own and shine especially because a lot of the cast members as well as John Mulaney had singing parts so that was like really fun um I really liked that Kate McKinnon was just like the liquid on the floor Mm -hmm. like not not a real character (laughs) just so many of the cast members had like pretty good roles in it and we're starting to see I feel like we've talked at length about Andrew Desmukes really kind of coming into his own and he co-starred in this sketch, and I felt like he did a good job. I'm with you. And it was a dig at the mayor's new plan about um, subway safety. So, again, their commentary on him is, like, continual. Exactly. Hibba's really on the finger of the pulse of Mr. Mayor Eric Adams. She's just always in it. Um, I agree with you. I actually have to say, I think this is maybe my second or third favorite Mulaney musical sketch that he's done my first is obviously lobster diner and then after that it really dwindles but I kind of really enjoyed the fiddler on the roof part I thought it was I just really love big group sketches I love sketches with Mm -hmm. moving set pieces because I have to say that subway car coming into the frame was so impressive I was like stage hands yes yes and I think I'm with you when Andrew Dismukes and Mulaney were in the same frame. I'm like, oh, my God, it's his tether. But I also was like, this is good. Like, we are seeing more of the Mulaney secession happening in our lives. And you know what? I'm going to say it. This one, not bad. I will give Mulaney this one. Yes. I'm glad you liked it, too. <laughs> um, I have a feeling you'll also like 
my second favorite sketch was the five timers club mm-hmm. yeah so i just was happy for paul rudd that he was able to like finally have his moment to shine i do think they should have let him keep the jacket because mm. he had to take it off um True. but yeah it's just fun to see the guest stars always like tina Fey, steve martin um candace bergen and um conan too mm-hmm. so that was all fun yeah i mean i think there's a lot to commend here the first one is man those were some cameos the bookings must have been off the charts yeah love seeing candace bergen i feel like she is like not spoken about enough yeah, i have to say sure. really surprised but so happy to see conan i yeah same. listen to his podcast all the time so i was like wow you're in my face um i cannot believe steve martin is 76 years old i just always thought he was younger but i guess that's what happens when you're like a funny person um <laughs> you never age check back in with us in like 50 years yeah look at lisa kudrow she's so beautiful because she's so funny and happy she's a beautiful soul I know. um and i have to say i really commend the creative decision to do a five timers thing in the middle of the app i actually thought that was incredibly cool because usually they do it at the top right they do it for the monologue that you yeah. get your jacket you get three people to come in and say like good job good job yeah and so when he did the monologue i was like oh my god they're not going to acknowledge it lol but then by putting it in the middle and on top of that, feeding in the please don't destroy sketch first and then leading into this, I was like, man, the directorial stage work on this was really good. Yeah. But maybe this is a good part to talk about the please don't destroy sketch, which I did enjoy. I will say there is <laughs> there was another COVID sketch in this episode that was mainly about mask mandates and it Mm -hmm. was just it was live it was six people sitting around a table just talking about how mask mandates vaccines everything is still really confusing i did not like that sketch i thought that if you're gonna make a COVID sketch now you need to make your point extremely clear and extremely sharp and they wavered i think on the opposite end the please don't destroy good variant sketch was really good like i i will say my favorite part of it was al roker popping in that made me happy yeah i also want to congratulate the please don't destroy guys because i feel like they're getting promoted from only cut for time sketches to like actual (laughs) sketches that are being included in the episode (laughs) so yeah i was super happy to see that because i feel like they're actually really good quality sketches and i wrote all al roker in all caps in my notes next to that sketch so i agree with you exactly no, that was really nice of you to say, Hibba. I mean, like, Kyle Mooney will never get that honor. Yeah. But it's really good to see people try. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too late for him. Exactly. So one last pro before we go into the cons is, Hibba, did you like the behind the slime sketch? Yeah. I love that sketch just because it's, like, historically relevant for our generation. I feel like people who grew up watching people get slimed on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say major props to John Mulaney for, like, staying in his slime in order to introduce the second musical performance yeah. like he had to wait a few minutes like between the um like commercials i think so yeah mm-hmm. major props because i feel like if i got slimed i'd be like i immediately need to get out of all of these clothes <laughs> exactly i will say too i felt really bad about that slime sketch because there's this part where Kalamuni and mikey day are like literally saying words the slime hits them like one second too early and you can see it like go into their mouth and they know it wasn't supposed to happen and i was like ah i feel so bad for you and your toothbrush 
but yeah slime tat probably tastes so bad (laughs) exactly but you know i think you're right about Mulaney. it's funny i feel like Mulaney introing the second song in that slime fit we'll call was actually very reminiscent of like an old Mulaney Mm. of someone who kind of breaks down this wall of television to be like this is literally what it's like to be on this crazy ass show that tore me apart but i'm still gonna be here and have fun and so that was nice yeah so now we've we've done the pros it is now to do the cons this is where our episode becomes much longer than we thought it would but i'm gonna start because i love to roast first off monkey judge woof i mean it's so sad because monkey judge was was actually written by the please don't destroy boys and i usually love their stuff i am usually over the moon of these boys who wrote sleepy town usa yeah and i couldn't with this one let me start by saying it was really cool because cecily strong came back she just came off a broadway one woman show and i really missed her but this sketch was extremely bad and i'm gonna tell you why I personally feel like the humor of this sketch was something that only a child would find funny, perhaps a 12-week-old child. And there's something a little paleolithic and a little off to me about a human playing a monkey. Like, I was extremely scared that Mulaney was going to go into this, like, monkey mockery. And I do think it's a good choice that he just went full human with, like, moments of monkeyness. There is just something a little off about it for me and, like... I'm sure if I dig into it, I can find something about evolution that's really, like, triggering me. But it was just a no for me, dog. Yeah, I agree with you on all of those points. Like, I just felt like they never got to the funny part. Like, it was Mm, a very mm. flat sketch. And I also agree with you. Like, I was uncomfortable. And I think we've talked about this line of SNL where it's, like, in order for something to be funny, sometimes it has to be uncomfortable at first. But they never crossed the threshold. Like, there was just too many sketches where, like, it was just, like, the ratio of cringe was too high to, like, the ratio of jokes. Like, I Mm -hmm. felt the same way about the Blue River dog food sketch where it was, like, they were hitting the same joke over and over. And I was like, okay, we get it. Like, I don't have anything else to laugh at exactly exactly and i think my note on the dog food sketches never trust a 40 year old man wearing a newsboy cap that is the biggest red flag in america (laughs) Ugh, leonardo dicaprio there's more cons i want to talk about the first one being they brought back robinson family reunion which is a sketch we've seen before from mulaney specifically and yeah look I am happy anytime Ego Wodum, my queen and my king are on stage, but there was something so not new about this sketch to the point where I was like, yo, did they literally recycle the same script? And them reaching into the archives for this specific sketch was such an odd choice to me. I didn't get it. I was like so confused because it was exactly the same like again i was waiting for Mm. something new like even they did the cupid shuffle in the sketch that he did a bunch of years ago when he hosted and they did the cupid shuffle again in the same Mm -hmm. sketch and so it's like i don't know like i don't know what they were trying to do like i don't know um if john mulaney just like felt like that sketch didn't get enough love last time he did it but it, it it's kind of reminiscent of the monologue where it's like okay, you like, you come on here and you just kind of like do the highlights reel. Like you just like say your story that we've all already heard. You do the sketch that we've all already seen. Like, who is this for? Like, does he think that 
since he did it last time his audience has expanded dramatically and they've never seen this like i don't i just don't think that's how his audience works out like to be honest i feel like john Mulaney's audience is kind of like like people like us who are already in the snl fandom he's not like a jimmy fallon where like he's a household name to people that don't know snl Mm -hmm. i think the other like interesting thing is coming back to this whole like who was this for situation i don't know if there are people who don't know what Mulaney did yeah. to his wife, new baby, girlfriend, rehab. Like, there were so many points of entry when all of that happened. If you watch Seth Meyers, you probably saw it. Like, yeah. it's funny to me that he both he, that he both thinks that people don't know about it and he also thinks he can almost get away with it. It's, like, yeah. very funny to me. But then again, I've never really been never really been in a slip scandal yet. So maybe I just don't have perspective. I'll say this. I thought it was interesting that Weekend Update had no desk pieces or guests. I thought it was yeah. kind of odd. But I also think it's because they were crowding so much in, especially with the five timers thing. That was a long, yeah. long sketch. And so I will say one last thing. I was quite surprised when he put his son in the last bumper photo of the night when he was like yeah. holding him. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's sweet. You're done. One hour. Anyway, <laughs> Hiba, it's time to ask what was your ranking of this episode? Uh, I'm a little bit on the fence here. I'm going to give this episode a 6.75 Subway Churros. Wow. I know that's wow. specific, but yeah, I just felt like a 6.5 is a little bit too low. Like it wasn't that bad, but like a 7 is a little bit generous for all the reasons we mentioned. And so mm-hmm. to be honest, I felt disappointed because I feel like John Mulaney could have gone on there and did something new and just did some things better. But I was also like happy to see like some of the sketches that were solid and like happy with the way that the rest of the cast showed up so i don't know i just feel like maybe we'll have to get used to like this new persona that he has and maybe that just means that like i'm not a big fan of his anymore and that's just like life and growth you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i'm about to come in as the debbie downer because my ranking of this episode is four out of ten double A batteries. Oh my goodness. And here's where I pop off. So I agree with you completely. I think what is difficult, as I've stated before, is that I don't like John Mulaney anymore. And I actually want to talk a little bit about the audience and just perception a bit. Yeah. In the fourth season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Lenny Bruce, a stand-up comic, he says that 90% of this game being stand-up is how they see you, how the audience sees you. And I do think that's true. I think John Mulaney's success was definitely predicated on that 90%. Yeah. And I think if we are invoking the phrase parasocial relationships, I kind of want to argue that in order to be successful in this business he is in, in order to be a successful celebrity, it really requires you to acquire fans it requires a certain amount of likability a certain amount of charm and i think Mulaney was doing really well like he was building the majority of his career on that on being able to be just like non-threatening and likable but i found myself during this episode just being like oh like i just don't want to see his face anymore like i don't want to hear from him anymore and i'm with you i was pretty disappointed a little surprised that Mulaney didn't have 
a better episode, at least to me. I know that there are a lot of people who enjoyed it and loved it. I'm not one of them. But I just kind of got the sense that maybe Mulaney just didn't think he would ever be here again. Or maybe he had the sense that he wasn't in the mood to celebrate. Because when I look at the five-timer sketch, when I look at the monologue, those were the only two sketches that were about his actual life and his actual being. And I kind of felt this feeling of deflation, like, oh, like, this is the guy who went to rehab after a triggering SNL experience in October 2020 And I actually wished he would have mentioned that, that he was essentially returning to the place that actually kind of marked a huge pivot in his life. But to be clear, I don't think Mulaney is canceled. I don't think his career is over. I think he would argue his personal life is also not over, but that it's actually beginning this like new, beautiful chapter. I just think this past year, a lot of reverence and respect has kind of been lost from his fans I think the most devout and the most casual are questioning how they really feel about him and at the same time (laughs) none of this matters none of this matters because he is still booking venues like the five stand-up shows he did in New York when he first came out of rehab were sold out within minutes like he's doing fine but I think for me, what I needed from Mulaney is I needed him to remind me why I liked him in the first place. Like, I needed him to be five times funnier in this episode, and he just wasn't there. And I think because of that, he has not regained my trust. With that being said, I just don't want to see John Mulaney in the news anymore for, like, a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) Unless there's, like, a really good genuine vulnerable celebrity profile that he does for gq if he's willing to go there i will read it but for now this is where i lie with mr mulaney i think it's interesting because i feel like there are celebrities that have gone through more turbulent years than him and i don't have a problem kind of like staying their fan but again we have a different kind of relationship where like that stuff is to be expected of them or that's how they built their career or they didn't build their relationship with fans on this concept of likability but I just feel like it's jarring for us as fans like to be people who he had let into his life and then now to like watch this episode and to be people that are like walled off from his life or only let into like a very curated version of his life that we've already seen and we already know and Yeah, again, this is totally completely unfair because these are expectations that we wouldn't have of like our friends and like people that we know in real life. And, you know, people are allowed to grow and change and change how they present themselves to the world. But if you're a celebrity, like that's just the unfair truth. Like if you present yourself a certain way and people get used to that and that's why they like you and then you decide to change how you present yourself, people, aka me and you, are going to have a hard time with that. So that's really, I think, where... Um, I struggled with this episode exactly and I think to be fair I am being harsh I am being unfair because I am judging him by his worst not his best and if I walked around this earth knowing that people knew my worst not my best I would also have a really hard time with that but it's almost kind of like the product he sold this idea of being like wholesome 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 and maybe that's where I am. I am a, I'm a venture capitalist being like, ah, I'm going to pull 
my investment out of this one. <laughs> and No coffee for you. I feel fair about that. I think that was a very thorough breakdown. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I do know that a lot of people are not going to agree with this, but this is how I feel. And if this is how you feel as well, thank you for listening. Hiba and I are excited to dive into the next few episodes of SNL coming up. And I just want to say, Hiba, thank you for being here to allow me to roast Mulaney publicly on a podcast. <laughs> I feel like this is probably the most thorough investigation that you will ever listen to of John Mulaney. So I'm happy to be a part of that. And yeah, hope y'all enjoyed. Hope y'all enjoyed. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.